Turn up the volume. No hiss. You gotta listen to this. It's Rhyme and Reason 611. There's a rhyme and reason for your life. There's a rhyme and reason why you're... Hey there, Tony here. I just wanted to share one more quick, um, I guess you could say, stroll down memory lane. Back in the early 80s, I've, I've been going back to the 80s uh, for a couple of things in Atlanta, Georgia, but this is back in the early 80s when I shared a townhome in Houston, Texas with my buddy Jack. If you're listening, Jack, hey, how's it going, man? I'm sure sure glad you're there. And it was a nice secluded spot on the west side of the city suburbs. And Jack worked days and I worked nights, so we typically only saw each other as we, you know, sort of passed by in and out, him coming in, me going out, or not necessarily me coming in when he was going out in the morning. I didn't stay out that late, but you know, you get the gist. I remember it was a great place for me to sit up and work on my music because there was plenty of space and I could I could turn up the volume. It was a two-story place with a big open area. You know, you could look over the rail from the upstairs, look down into the downstairs. Real cool place. And I could turn up the volume quite a bit, you know, without getting in trouble with the neighbors. Not not blasting like some rock and rollers would want to do, but enough to where I could hear it and get a feel for it. And I, I remember one day I was... I got home from some errands, and I was about to set up to rehearse, but Jack uh, called down. He leaned over the rail and called down from upstairs and asked me to come up and listen to something. So I went up there, and he had a new device in his sound system in a cabinet that he had built himself, real cool cabinet, and he had this new device in there. And you know, I'm okay, what you got? He said, well, check this out. He hit a play button, and for a split second, I thought, Oh, it's not working. But then, boom! I mean, it was just, he well, he'd been sure to turn up the volume before he hit the button, of course. He wanted the full effect on me, I'm sure. One of those Fat Albert moments, you know, like, hey, 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 we're going to get you now. So, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll have to go back and listen to old Bill Cosby stuff before he became a pervert. Anyway, um, within a split second or two after, you know, Jack turned it on, I mean, it was boom, there were drums and bass and synthesizers crashing through the speakers. And what made it so surprising was a complete lack of hiss. I mean, there was no hiss before, you know, he hits a button, nothing, boom, and then the song comes on. And hiss was what we were totally used to because we'd been listening to cassettes for years. So, uh, this was new, and CDs had just come on the scene at that time. And uh, Jack, who enjoyed staying on top of technology, he jumped on that bandwagon with a brand new player and several discs. I think he already had a lot of his sound system, you know, nice big speakers and and the rest of his stuff. But uh, he had a way to play albums, and now he had a way to play these brand new discs. And as I recall, that first one I heard was, I think, Chicago 17. They used to number their albums. I don't know if they do that anymore. What are they up to, 200? <laughs> anyway, they've been around a long time. So I think this was Chicago 17. And that sound quality was so clear. It's still amazing to me how much digital recording increased the quality of songs. It it just made them so much clearer. And, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't like it. I don't want the muddiness of an album and you know, the the realness and the warmth of a cassette. Well, yeah, whatever. Well, I found out uh, yesterday that ABBA, remember them? They were, you know, they may not be your cup of tea, but they were a huge worldwide act, and they were one of the first bands 
to record digitally and manufacture on CD. And they did that with their, their last studio album called The Visitors. And I am totally unfamiliar with that. I'm just giving you information that I read in an article. And as history would have it, that CD became their seventh number one album. In fact, it went to number one on this date, the date that I'm recording this, December 19th, and it was back in 1981. So that's just a little before Jack was able to surprise my ear with his new CD player. But, of course, these days, you don't need a special shiny disc anymore. You don't need those because, you know, now we're so fancy schmancy. We can send and receive songs right on our phones. And I think that's pretty darn cool. But I just had a, a customer order almost 100 printed CDs from me this past week, which I, I do some of that. As part of what I do in the audio video world of wars. World of wars? No. War, world of words. There we go. It's part of what I do. And uh, I got to say, I still like that ability to own physical copies of music. Because at least that way, software and hardware companies, they can't just simply you know, take them away from you with the touch of a button. And yeah, that has happened to me, so I know what happens. Anyway, like I said, I just felt like sharing that little digital walk down the musical memory lane. So you may return to your regularly scheduled programming, uh, I mean program, and turn up the volume. Some believe there's just a day Then we die and fade away Such a sad and hopeless life to lead Others say We never die We all live on Above the sky Disregard The theft and hate And greed But I believe Peace to 
This one last reminder that I always leave you with, and that's go to TonyFunderberg.com. Click on that merch tab. Get that uncool t-shirt that says, Life has rhyme and reason because God made you. There's a rhyme and reason for you.